You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. We're in our paranormal, paranormal uh, series, and I had planned a message that I, I wanted to share here at East. At some point, I will share it. But as I was getting to my preparation, I felt God send me on a bit of a detour. And so I'm going to be obedient to, to the Holy Spirit's leading today, knowing that I'm not smart enough to think of a lot of things myself. And the best thing I could ever do is really just follow the leading of the Lord because he knows his church and he knows what we need better than, than I do and, and better than we do. Like we think we come to church for something, we get something completely different. We're like, wow, that was the word of the Lord. So we're now paranormal series. And I had a dream, funnily enough, on Friday evening. And you know when you have a dream, it's more than just a dream. It's more than just bad pizza. Or, <laughs> or I shouldn't have watched that movie. It, it was one of those God dreams. And, and I went to bed on Friday evening. And, and honestly, if I'm, if I'm being completely transparent with you, I felt a level of oppression, like a little bit of a, I felt a bit troubled and I didn't know why. And that, that happens sometimes when you're, you're in tune with what God is saying, especially when you're a leader. He, he needs to use every means to get a message to you. Sometimes it has to be a dream because your mind is so full of things during the day that he gets no access. It's full of school lunches and I have to get here and do that and, you know, on Instagram looking at outfits. And so he literally has to wait until you're asleep. And so I had a dream and in this dream, I was in a room with a whole bunch of people and everybody was asleep on those mats you might see in a preschool like those uncomfortable little yoga mats. But everybody was asleep. In the center of the room was an enormous spider web. And in the middle of the web was a spider. And the spider would take turns jumping on people's heads. It was very disturbing. And, and I woke up in the morning and I just knew, I just knew in my Noah that this was a prophetic dream and the Lord was wanting to get a message to me. And I felt the Holy Spirit give me the interpretation because he just doesn't want to give us a word to confuse us and go for the rest of our lives. Now, what did that mean? And he said, there's people in your church in the church globally, but I'm not responsible for them, just for you guys, that are, that are being under a spell, almost asleep under a spell of manipulation. There are people that are struggling with either being manipulated or operating in that craft themselves. And so I felt very clearly from the Lord because one of the anointings on my life is to be a minister of freedom. And I never just want to bring a message because it's cute and because it's fun and I want to make you laugh and I'll try to make you laugh. But more than that, I want to help you. I, I want to be a minister of freedom today. And I know there's some people and you've been struggling under the weight of this spirit. And it's a spirit that divides families. It divides churches. It has an ill intent. So if you feel a little agitated today as I'm speaking, fret not. Fear not. It's just the Holy Spirit working at something in your life. God never sends his word to condemn us, but only to set us free. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it real simple like today because that's how I think. I have a 10th grade education, so I, I cannot make things complex if I tried. Okay, but, but there's a wisdom on my life as I've surrendered myself to the Lord where I'm able to get maybe complex things and break them down very simply. 
It's a benefit to, to the church, I feel. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to highlight the ways in which this spirit works. And then at the end, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God to be set free from any demonic activity in this month of October. When the devil tries to take ground, we're going to take some ground off him. We're going to tell the devil to back off. Not today, devil, and not any other day. So I'm going to give you five avenues in which this wicked spider of manipulation tries to infiltrate and steal from us. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, it's the thief who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. So if you're in a place where you're feeling like you're being stolen from, robbed from, it's evidence of the thief. It's evidence of the enemy at work in some capacity in your life. So let's get into it, friends. All right. I had a scripture I wanted to read at the beginning just to make it extra holy, but I don't feel like I need to. Okay, just, just for time's sake, I had a psalm, you know, just to, you know, satisfy the people there. She didn't start with a scripture. I'll have plenty of scripture in this, okay? But what I do feel is in Psalm 19, King David says, I want you to forgive me of my hidden sins. Sometimes we don't realize that we're under the influence. I've titled this message, Hocus Pocus, getting set free from a spirit of manipulation. And I I really know it's going to help you today. So like I said, I'm going to start with revealing the five disguises or outfits that manipulation can wear. I'm sure there are others, but I feel to share from or about these five today. The first one that Uh, manipulation will try to gain access to our life is through emotions. Emotions. Either our emotions or the emotions of others. So you'll find that your moods will charge an atmosphere. And you might find that that daddy who is operating like that spider in a web charges the atmosphere with a mood or an emotion. Usually for men or sometimes for men, it can be anger. And so many of you in your lifetime may have experienced a father who you walk into the home and everything has to be just so-so. Don't do that because you'll make daddy upset. Daddy will get upset. And so daddy is manipulating the environment that he's called to lead because he has set a charge in the atmosphere of, if I don't get my way, I'm going to be angry. And so people comply and they come under that spell of manipulation. They get shut down. You'll find people like this will lose their voice. They will not know how to have an opinion because they've been told that what they believe or feel doesn't matter. Daddy's way or the highway. And I'm going to charge this atmosphere with this emotion of anger. It's a manipulative spirit. Being a leader does not mean you get to control the people around you through your emotions. Proverbs 22 says this, Do not associate with a person given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare, a spider's web for yourself. Children can be masters of manipulation through tears. That's why the Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And as a parent, we all think our kids are so freaking cute. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. And so they learn from a young age, I can manipulate my parents through emotion. Can I have the toy? Can I have the candy? And I, for the life of me, do not understand why Target and other places put that candy at eye level of all the little toddlers. Why, why they can't put the broccoli there in the aisles or 
but, but they know they're using the craft of manipulation too. And the kids will see it, I want, I want, I want, I want. And mummy will be like, no, you can't have that. You haven't had your lunch yet. You've had enough sweet things. No, no, no. And then over the process of many tears over the next few minutes, oh, I'm exasperated. I'm just going to give in. So maybe your child is being taught through your negligence of leadership what to do in order to manipulate. And what I found is if we don't address it in children, they grow up to be manipulative adults. And before you feel condemned, there but for the grace of God go I. My mother came over. Now, I have the benefit of having a mother who doesn't live with me all the time. So when she comes back, she can see all my faults in clear view. <laughs> she can get used to them. So I just had my little princess girl, Zoe. She was a, a miracle child, the first girl after three boys. And so I treated her like a princess. And so if, if, if she wanted something and I said no initially, she would just cry until she wore me down. And my mum was sitting in the car with me and she just stopped. She looked at me and she said, Leanne, you're raising a whiner and a manipulator. What are you going to do about that? And was like, oh my gosh, she put this full length mirror in front of my face with a fluorescent light and I had to own my actions. It was a spirit of manipulation. As cute as they may be, that, that pattern that you're teaching them will not serve them later in life. It will only destroy them. It is a demonic spirit that tries to gain access into every human life and it causes destruction. Uh, maybe people will use emotion and manipulation through the silent treatment. Maybe that's you today. You emotionally manipulate the people around you when you just stop talking, when you don't get their way, your way. And you're that mother or that big sister or that mother-in-law. Y'all can be horror heads sometimes. <laughs> And, all, and, and if I don't get my way, I'm just going to stop speaking. And so everybody who has a spirit who wants to please and be accepted will immediately complain, oh, no, no, don't, don't cut me off. I'll, I'll do whatever you can. Ah, manipulation worked again. I wonder if you're caught in that web today using emotions to manipulate. I have had to confront this many times in my life. I would say as a default, I would be a people pleaser. I would be someone who would be happy to bend and conform in order to have somebody's love and acceptance. And I've had to learn through trial and error not to bow my knee to a spirit of manipulation. Uh, one of my family members was over uh, during a time, it was a wedding, my, uh, my son was getting married and I had a lot of family in town. And a family member had decided to just have a complete meltdown and emotional hysterical outburst in the middle of a family moment, completely cutting the atmosphere with frost and tension, all the focus needs to be on me. And, and, and wanted to just have an explosive reaction and then kind of go on as if nothing had happened. And I felt the Lord say, this is an emotionally manipulative spirit. This is your home. You need to take authority over it. You need to confront it. And some of you are not confronting things in your house and you're allowing an atmosphere, a demonic atmosphere to rule and reign over something that God has given you to take authority over and that's your territory. And so I had to confront it. I had to say, you know what? Here's what you're doing. You're trying to make this about you. You're being emotionally manipulative, manipulative by having a an outburst of this nature, and I said, you're not going to do that in my house. You're not doing that here. This is how it's going to look. And then you know what happened? Tears. 
tears. Oh, but you don't know what my life's like, okay? You're trying to manipulate me emotionally again. We can have the conversation about what your life is like later, but right now I need you to know the clear boundaries of how things are gonna go down in my home. You're not gonna have your hand on the atmospheric dial. I'm not, I'm not tolerating that one bit. And many of you have been living in confusion and anxiety and you don't like coming home because you've, you've neglected your territory that God's given you to steward. You've let a manipulator, whether it be your kid, your husband, your wife, put their hand on that atmospheric control system, the thermostat in your home. I would say to you today, the Lord gave me a dream and this message, which is so random, never preached anything like this in my life because he wants to set you free. He wants things to be better than they've been. Our God's a helper. He's a good shepherd. Delilah used emotion to manipulate Samson and it did not end well for him. And there is a spirit. Now, I don't want you to start getting real angry at people in your head. The, the Bible says this. Our wrestle in the book of Ephesians is not against flesh and blood. Now, the enemy outworks his plans through people most of the time. But the Bible is very clear in saying your, your displeasure and your hatred shouldn't be toward the person, but an understanding of the spirit that is manipulating them. They're being manipulated by a spirit, and that's why they've become a manipulator. So I want you to understand today, God wants things to be better than they've been. So, so Delilah comes to Samson, and she's got an ulterior agenda, and it's always about that, that person. I, I have an ulterior agenda. In this case, Delilah wanted power, and she wanted money, and she wanted fame. And so she used her relationship with Samson to get those things because she knew that there was an enemy who wanted to take him out. So the Bible says this, that Delilah came to Samson and said, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? Emotional manipulation. This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. Wives, you gotta be really careful that you don't transgress over into emotional manipulation with your husbands. You gotta be really careful of that, using his love for you, using his devotion, or even using his very short rope as it, as it stands with being able to listen to your nagging voice and just give in. You gotta be really careful that you don't transgress over into emotional manipulation. Well, what do I do if my husband doesn't listen to me? You've got to remove that spirit out of the equation. Learn to use proper big words. Isn't that what we tell our kids? You're honest. This is how this makes me feel. I want to have a conversation with, with you about this. And then once you've released the information, you cannot control or manipulate what they do with it. At the end of the day, the only person we can control is ourselves. The only time that the Bible talks about is control about control is about a spirit of self-control. I can't control you, and if I try, I'm transgressing a boundary and I'm becoming a manipulator. I need to only, I need to say what needs to be said, but then understand my responsibility and stewardship is for my own life. And I have to say what needs to be said and then trust God. You, you picking up what I'm putting down? All right. All right, yeah, okay, let's move on to the next one. You're still breathing, it's very quiet in here. 
The, the second way in which people can uh, fall prey to this spirit of manipulation is through relationships. And I wasn't joking before when I talked about mother-in-laws. They can be shocking. They have a problem cutting those apron strings. Now, I am very, very grateful to have a mother who literally had to say goodbye to me at the age of 17 as I bounced from nation to nation to nation and never, ever laid a guilt trip on me. Oh, but, but we always have Christmas at our house. Oh, but, but Thanksgiving is always at Uncle Jim's and we always... No. You know what the Bible says? For this reason, in Genesis chapter 2, right at the very beginning of the Bible, a man shall leave his mother and father. Have you left them? Or has mummy and daddy still got a hold on you? I'll always be daddy's girl. And you've forgotten that you're actually not daddy's girl anymore. You're the wife of your husband. And you're fulfilling a need in him to always be that knight in shining armor. Let it go. Let it go. Let God deal with him. You can still honor your dad without bowing your knee to a spirit of manipulation. Okay? You got it. You got to pick up because this destroys marriages. It makes husbands resent their wives when that happens. Always daddy's girl. Stop it. That's a spirit of manipulation. I love my dad. But when I stood at an altar with my husband, forsaking all others, I choose you. What God has brought together, let no man separate. And through our parents' insecurities, sometimes they can try to grab a hold of a part of their, our lives and, and keep a hold of it that is not theirs to have. Resist, resist, resist. You don't have to be mean in doing it. You don't need to stand in front of them and pray in tongues and rebuke the devil. <laughs> but you're just simply saying, this is not how that's gonna go. I had an incident when my husband and I were first married, we'd moved to New Zealand. And, and every time we would go back to Australia for Christmas, I ceased to be my husband's wife. He was now his mother's son. So we stayed in the home and, you know, she would cook his meals and press his clothes. And I'm like, what, what is happening? It was a spirit of manipulation. Now, I had a wonderful mother-in-law, a wonderful husband, but even the most wonderful people can be susceptible until you call it out. You've got to confront it. So husbands out there, you're resentful at your wives, but you haven't had the conversation. Tell them. When you compare me to your father, I don't like it. Don't, don't do it anymore. Stop it. You've, you've got to be open and honest. You cannot allow yourself to be manipulated. So I had a conversation with my husband and I said just that. When we come back to Australia, I cease to be your wife and you are now your mother's son again. And you know what? To his credit, he immediately recognized it and changed his ways. When my son recently got married, it was Christmas time. And I said, well, every morning, you know, we, we have these traditions. Uh, Christmas morning. We always have breakfast together and we open our presents and dad shares a Bible study. So what time should I expect you in Aubrey? And I was met with, well, hang on a second. Um, um, well, actually we're doing, we do this thing and we're gonna do this thing. And immediately, you know what? I, I've gotta be honest with you. Initially I was upset, like, oh, wow. <laughs> I nursed that boy, I drove him to his baseball games made sure he looked stunning on his wedding day, and this is how I get repaid. I felt the Lord point his finger at me, Leanne, what are you doing? 
This isn't going to end well for you. You want to drive a wedge between your son and his wife? You want to, you want to make him choose between his mother and his wife? Do you know why? You'll lose. You'll lose. Yep, you'll lose. So I made a decision. I'm not going to use the craft of manipulation. I'm going to put out the invitation, but I'm going to let them make their own choices. Maybe you're a mama here today and you've been using that craft of manipulation to keep your kiddies close. Stop. Stop. Look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to spend time with your children. It's a beautiful thing, but you cannot control them. The minute you do, you're transgressing into an area called, called witchcraft. It's witchcraft. It's a spell. And what better month than October to break the power of that spell in Jesus' name and have your children respect you. And if you don't think that it was a problem in Jesus' day, it was. And he confronted it. Look at this. Jesus is in the middle of a message. He's preaching, preaching to his disciples and to the crowds. He's telling them all kinds of things. He's talking about deliverance, actually. And then all of a sudden... His mother's, his mother, his mother, I only had one, his mother and his brothers turned up. And here's what the Bible says. It says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, it would be kind of like me right now, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Wow. Talk about relational manipulation. There's a time and a place. And someone told him, your, mother's, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. You know what he did? He replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. He dropped the hammer on that spirit of manipulation immediately. Now let me reiterate, Jesus loved his mother so much so that when he was on the cross, dying for the sins of the world, he looked down and saw his distraught mother Mary and his beloved disciple John, and he pointed to John and said, this woman is now your mother. Mother, this man is now your son. He was making sure after his death and ascension that his mother would be taken care of. So it wasn't a negligent thing. What was Jesus doing? Setting a boundary. And some of you haven't been setting boundaries, and you've been letting that fat spider in the middle of the room control your every action and you're wondering why you're confused and unhappy and anxious. Well, God is going to break the power of that spirit over your life today. Amen. The third way manipulation will enter your life is through guilt. Manipulators will use guilt to control people to do their bidding. They will approach that part of us that is so susceptible to being accepted by men and they will abuse it. Huh. Well, you know what people are saying. Hey, you don't want to get that reputation. And they make statements like that in order to appeal to that part of you that hates being rejected. But when anyone uses the manipulative tactic of guilt in order to control your life, they're not operating in the spirit of God, but in the spirit of the enemy. So we see that G Judas used guilt to try and line his own pockets. So the Bible says that a woman ha who, who had been so powerfully impacted by the ministry of Jesus came to him and broke open a, a costly perfume bottle at his feet. And 
And straight away, people were like freaking out, but Jesus was living his best life. He's loving it. (laughs) Finally, someone gets the honor thing. But then Judas turns and says, uh, it says here in John 12, four to six, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was going to betray him, asked, why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? Listen, people will use charitable, worthy, social justice. What are you doing for the orphans? And I've seen some charities do it every now and then, and they, they put forward the guilt plea. Instead of someone extending out of a heart that's responding to God from a beautiful place, it's an obligation, guilt. I'm going to use guilt to extract from you. It's not the Lord, it's the devil. It's a spirit of manipulation. And sadly, there are a lot of people in this world that have made themselves a slave to the enemy instead of a servant of God. So Judas used guilt to try and loan his own pockets. And he didn't say it because he cared about the poor. See, there's always an ulterior motive and it's never a good one. But because he was a thief and as keeper of the money bag, he used to take from, from it what was put into it. This, is, this uh, thing happened to me recently and I had to push back against it. Uh, a person close to me made a statement that was meant to instill guilt. And I immediately had to just stop and recognize it for what it was and go, no, that I'm, I'm not accepting that. It isn't as you say, period. We're going to leave it right there. And I refuse to let that guilt manipulation have any hold in my life. And you would be wise to do the same. Jesus said, the reason the Father loves me is that I lay down my life in order to take it up again. Listen to this. This is what Jesus said. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Nobody takes my life from me. Manipulation disguised through guilt will want to take something from you that you actually don't want to give. And it will use guilt to manipulate you. Are you seeing the pattern here? Are you seeing the spider's web? Are you maybe seeing areas and patterns in your own life where you can, where you can have the Lord come and speak to you if you're a, a culprit or maybe if you're a victim? Point number four, flattery. This manipulative spirit will use flattery. The Bible tells us that love rejoices in the truth and flattery is a manipulative lie to gain access. I've got to be honest with you. After 27 years of ministry, I am extremely cautious about people who who are over-encouragers to the point where it's like, um, I don't think that I am the person that you're saying I am especially if it's a first meeting. So they come up to you and they gush, 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 gush. And a lot of them don't realize it, but what they're doing is they're using flattery to gain access because they see something on your life, either that they want or you're in a position of influence and they want power. So be very careful of a flatterer. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 16. Now I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have learned. Avoid them. Such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. It comes from a selfish motive. 
to manipulate the hearer in order to achieve a covert purpose. They use encouragement as a Trojan horse to somehow gain access to a part of your life in order to use it selfishly. So if you're a flatterer today and you know you're doing it, this is God calling you out. And he's calling you out in this beautiful thing called the crowd. I'm not going to make you stand up, but you need to hear the word of the Lord today. Or maybe you've been susceptible to a spirit of flattery and you've let people in close who are robbing from you because you've allowed, because you've wanted your ego soothed. You've got to set again some boundaries in your life where you have some discernment about people's intentions. We see in the book of Mark where this happened to Jesus. The Pharisees and Sadducees who hated Jesus. They hated everything he stood for. They came to him in Mark 12 and they said, Teacher, we know that you tell the truth. And you don't favour individuals because of who they are. Rather, you teach the way of God truthfully. Like, what are they? They don't believe this. They think he's the Antichrist. They're, they're looking for an opportunity to plot and kill. So, so, so they couldn't work it out the way that they tried. So they thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to try to manipulate him through flattery. We're going to approach him at the point of his ego and see if then, maybe then. But Jesus recognized their hypocrisy and he asked them, why do you test me? I know what's up right here. You're using flattery to try to destroy me and gain access to my life through ego. So he confronted them. He recognized their hypocrisy. Their flattery was merely a smokescreen for their attempt to destroy Jesus's influence. Have your eyes open, my friends. These people will usually attach themselves to people in positions of influence and use a person's ego to manipulate them and sneak their way into a position of power. I'm always suspicious of people that make best friends immediately. And, you know, those people who have, they have a lure on them. They, you're around them and, and they flatter to get in your world and they're so understanding. Before you know it, they've got a spirit on them where, that, where you're wanting to share your deepest, darkest secrets on a first meeting. It's not appropriate. Relationships take time. So if you meet someone like that and they're out there, just remember that song. Never smile at a crocodile. No, you can't play friendly with the crocodile. Okay, and crocodiles know how to smile. And these flatterers are just like that. They don't care about you. They care about the information you carry. It's a spirit on them because information is power. We're going to get to that later, but it's a, it's a flattery spirit. We've got to be open to this. The devil will use whatever way he can to get his hocus pocus into your life. You've got to be sober, the Bible says in the book of Peter. Vigilant, have your eyes open for your adversary is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And who does he de devour? The naive, the ignorant. The Bible says, the prophet said, my people perish because of a lack of understanding. My people, Christians, are being destroyed, being robbed from on every end because they don't understand. They don't have discernment. God is wanting to set you free today. We must remember that any time we hide a manipulative motive inside a Trojan horse of encouragement, we employ a demonic strategy and lay a trap for our neighbor's feet. The Bible says in Proverbs 29.5, to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. So you've got to be cautious of that person who knows everything about everyone. 
Where'd they get all that information? They've used flattery. They've approached them at the point of our need for human contact and understanding to extract information to only later use that information against them. Now, I don't want us to become a suspicious people, but I also at the same time want us to carry a level of discernment and wisdom so when we're faced with someone who manipulates through flattery, we aren't taken over by that spell. And somebody say amen. God wants to set you free today. And then finally, I'm going to ask the band to come. Great timing, Leanne. 11-11, that's good. Because you just need to say what needs to be said. I don't need to tell you what you don't need to hear, just what you do need to hear. And so also, if I can just let you know, this is a take-home message. If you're a smart person and a wise person, and I believe you are, you're coming to church with a notepad or a phone, and you're taking notes, and you're going home, and you're processing with God. Where, where, Lord... Now, now, some of you may have been susceptible to some of these, none of these, all of these. Maybe you're doing it yourself. So the Lord has sent me here because he wants freedom for the manipulator and the manipulated. And there's hope for both. So I want you to go home. This message is to go. I'm one of those teachers who presents things and then you go home and you do your homework with the Holy Spirit. He, he's your helper. He's been sent as helper. And wherever the Holy Spirit is, you know that life and freedom follow. And God's will for us is to excel in life and have a great life. So whenever you hear a message like this, again, it's not to condemn, it's to bring freedom and healing. So finally, information. How does a manipulator manipulate? Through information. Have you heard the saying, whoever controls the news controls the world? That's why you'll find that manipulators are usually shocking gossips and shocking slanderers. And it's rife in the house of God, rife. And it's a demonic spirit. And sometimes those who are taken over by it don't even know what they're doing. It's a spirit on you. And you need to confront it, repent from it and deal with it and ask the Lord to fill you with the right spirit again. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 6, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. So He hates six of them. He hates all six, but then the seventh one that is detestable, detestable to Him. So it goes on to say uh, the six things the Lord hates is a lying tongue, feet that run swiftly to evil, hands that shed innocent blood, a false witness who spreads lies, uh, somebody help me out. What, what are the other ones? Uh, there's, there's six of them. But then the seventh is the person who sows dissension in the church. God detests it. He does not look kindly on this. He, he, he hates this spirit. It's a Luciferic spirit. You think about what Lucifer did in heaven. He brought division. He brought dissension. He brought discord. So much so that a third of the angels followed Lucifer. There was a church split, the first church split. God hates it. It's a signature of the enemy. Gossip, slander, do not think it's just something that women do. It's a spirit and a destructive one and it manipulates through information in order to bring division. That's why you'll find in this day where there's an increasing attack on God's house and the church that there has been a rise of Christian bloggers who like to pull down God's house. And those Yelp reviews, Lord have mercy. If I ever meet one of those in the flesh, I'm gonna, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to cope. 
You know the last thing I think of doing after a bad church experience? Getting on Yelp. Geez, I need to tell the whole world. What's wrong with you? Like, when did you stop praying and start resorting to gossip? It's a manipulation. It's a perversion of what actually should be sent to God in prayer. And God will, well, excuse me, the enemy will, will manipulate you to become a divider of the thing that Jesus uh, asked us to build. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You don't wanna be on the gates of hell side, my friends. This is, this is not a good state for you. So they look for information so they can control because those who have the information control the world. They use information to bring division. They can repeat something. This is how crafty this manipulative spirit is. Maybe you've seen it in your workplace. I see it in a lot of workplaces where people are jostling for position. I see it tragically in a lot of churches where there's ego and politics and all kinds of things going on and broken people put in positions of leadership. They use information and they can repeat it verbatim. They can tell you exactly what was said, but with a different spirit. Yeah, that is good right there. And it happens over and over and over again. And that's why we have dissensions and factions because people being manipulative with information. I had a slide I wanted to show, but I didn't get it to the team in time. And it, basically the caption is, commas save lives. And the picture is of, um, the first sentence is, let's eat grandma, full stop. And the second one is, let's eat, comma, grandma, right? Okay, so same words, completely different meaning. That is what a manipulative gossip will do. They will tell you the verbatim word that was spoken, but with a different spirit. You think about in your life, where somebody has done that and how much trouble and strife it has caused. It's a spirit of manipulation. And maybe you're dealing with it in your family, maybe you're dealing with it in your workplace, in your church right now. If you're seeing that, you take authority over that thing. You don't stand for it. And you say, that is not what I said. What you're doing is wicked, stop it. Don't be wicked, don't be wicked. We're not gonna bow our knee to that spirit of manipulation anymore. We're gonna have the blinders taken off and we're gonna see that fat spider in the middle of the room that is trying to destroy what Jesus built. Even if the information you have is truth, but it's hurtful, it doesn't need to be repeated. I tell people, don't tell me if someone says they don't like me. Oh, they didn't like your message. I don't need to know. I would rather live in sweet ignorance so I don't need to get over a personal wound and have to forgive them. That would be easier. So I tell them, I don't wanna know what they said. You deal with it. You're my friend, you be their advocate. I don't need to hear what they said. But that person is stirring up strife. The Bible says, us, says that, that love covers a multitude of sins. But a, a gossip stirs up strife when they repeat a matter and they separate or bring division to friendships. It's, it's, a, it's a great wickedness. Today, if you're bound up in that, in that spirit of gossip, and, and it happens so much in churches, the solution for gossip is prayer. But, but then there are many in churches that say, well, I just wanna tell you about this so you can pray about it. No, stop it. <laughs> you stop that. We're calling it that out for what it is. 
That spirit of manipulation has no place in God's house. We are kingdom people. And the Bible says that love does not seek its own. And that spirit of manipulation is so self-seeking. We've got to see it for what it is today. Maybe you've been operating in it. It's time to surrender that. Trust the Lord. You know what its root is? It's fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, so therefore I need to take matters into my own hands. No, trust the Lord. God can fix it. That's why the Bible says in the book of Philippians, don't be anxious or troubled about anything, but in all things through prayer, not through manipulation, not through worry, not through controlling everything so you don't get hurt and people don't let you down and he let me do it, no, but through prayer and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And then the peace of God. Here's the thing about a manipulator. They have no peace. And they spread that anxiety in the people around them that they're influencing. And then the peace of God, Philippians says, after you release it to God in prayer, will guard your heart, your mind, and your emotions. Maybe today you're having trouble in your heart, your mind, or your emotions. Perhaps it could be because you haven't been praying and instead you've either been worrying or manipulating. God wants to set you free today. There's a better way. You do not have to transgress the Word of God in order to live a great life. You can trust the Lord with what is most precious with you. Amen. Here's what we're going to do as we come to a close. Step one is acknowledge. I want to tell you that this message is for you today. This is your message. Oftentimes we can come to church and think, oh my gosh, so-and-so really needs to hear that. Uh, but, but let's ask ourselves the question, where, where do I need to hear that? Maybe you're being manipulated. God sent me because He wants you to be free today. Maybe you're a manipulator. God has so much more for you than witchcraft, than operating in a craft that the enemy used, but rather a kingdom person. You're a kingdom person. You do things Jesus' way. Step one, acknowledge. Ask the Holy Spirit where this spirit, and it is a spirit, has been able to operate in your life and acknowledge your to be delivered from it. Where have you used this craft? Take a second, actually close your eyes. Where have you used this craft? Mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, teenagers, children, leaders. Where have you used this craft? And when has it been used on you? Acknowledge this is a form of demonic control. To control others through manipulation is witchcraft. Step number two, repent. What is repenting? Simply changing the way you do things. I'm not going to be a manipulator anymore, and I will not allow myself to be manipulated. Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and so times of refreshing can come from the Lord. What's God's goal through repentance? You're refreshing. Repentance is not a, a, a condemning word. It's actually when done rightly, God's way of refreshing your life. So people get, oh, if I repent, it means I'm wicked and God's mad at me. No, the heart of the Father is love. When Jesus thinks about you, He smiles, He thinks good thoughts, the Bible tells us. So when He asks you to repent, it's not so He can rub your face in your mistakes, but He wants to refresh you. He wants things to be better than they've been. Step number three, take authority. It's a flippin' spirit. And you know what the Bible tells us in the book of Luke? He has given us, somebody say me. 
He has given me all authority over the power of the enemy. Control and manipulation and the deceit that follows and all its little symptoms and friends are powers that the enemy uses to bring division and to steal and rob from you. But how wonderful that Jesus said to us in the book of Luke, I've given you all authority over the power of the enemy, which means we can fix this. It's fixable. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.